0: Hi there. This is Pastor Tim. I'm the minister at Eastside Church. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, and inclusive. And we are thrilled that you found our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church community, you can visit us at www.eastsideatl.org. Good morning, Eastside. My name is Dustin Mailman, and um, I'm the summer seminarian here at Eastside, and I'm so thankful to be here with y'all. This summer in our Unoya sermon series, we have been moving through each fruit of the Spirit as we find in Galatians 5. The previous two weeks, we walked through biblical conceptions of joy and peace And this week, we'll be journeying alongside Abraham and Isaac uh, within the narrative of Genesis to discover what our holy texts and holy traditions have to tell us about patience. The details of this scripture are considered some of the most contested of all of holy scriptures, leaving most interpreters scratching their head and leaving others in horror. Is the passage that puts a rift between the Judeo-Christian traditions and the Islamic traditions. Hebrew Bible scholars have a hard time saying if Isaac was a child or a 37-year-old man. And Quran scholars have a hard time deciding whether or not the child being sacrificed was willingly wanting to be sacrificed. The convolution of this passage excites those who are questioning and fills those of faith with terror. As the church, we must wrestle with this text. We must discern the ways in which the God of our salvation today is the very same God that created all of the earth and humanity. In the climax of the story of Abraham and Sarah, we find horror bearing marks which are reminiscent of Job, a faithful family being met with tragedy, A father left with a test from God, a mother left from the dark, a son who is deeply obedient and a God who is reminiscent of a domineering puppeteer. The binding of Isaac, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, the one who is to populate the earth, the one who personifies God's covenantal relationship with humanity, the one who was nursed and raised to co-labor for the sake of all future generations. After a lifelong journey of attempting to bear a son, Abraham's wife, Sarah, is giving her beloved. This is met with exile, hiding, jealousy, and secrecy. The story of Sarah and Abraham is one that embodies patience. As we approach this text, let us ponder the question, what is God asking from Abraham in this story? Let us read Holy Scripture together. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 14. After these events, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. Abraham answered, I'm here. God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him up as an entirely burnt offering there on one of the mountains that I will show you. Abraham got up early in the morning, harnessed his donkey, and took two of his young men with him. "'together with his son Isaac. "'He split the wood for the entirely burned offering, "'set out, and went to the place God had described to him. "'On the third day, Abraham looked up "'and saw the place at a distance. "'Abraham said to his servants, "'Stay here with the donkey. "'The boy and I will walk up there, "'worship, and then come back to you. "'Abraham took the wood for the entirely burned offering "'and laid it on his son Isaac.' He took the fire and the knife in his hand, and the two of them walked on together. Isaac asked to his father, My father, Abraham said, I'm here, my son. Isaac said, Here is the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the entirely burned offering? Abraham said, The lamb for the entirely burned offering? God will see to it, my son. The two of them walked together. They arrived at the place God had described to them. Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He tied up his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Isaac stretched out his hand and took the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. But the Lord's messenger called out to Abraham from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, Abraham said, I'm here. The messenger said, don't stretch out your hand against the young man and don't do anything to him. I now know that you revere God and didn't hold back your son, your only son, from me. God looked up and saw a single ram caught by its horns in the dense underbrush. Abraham went over, took the ram, and offered it as an entirely burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named the place the Lord sees. That is the reason people say today, on this mountain the Lord is seen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God who listens, O God who liberates, and O God who calls us to community, may we receive your holy word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be faithful to you, O God. Amen. God is love, God is justice, and God is freedom. These common pleasantries affirm the goodness of God that is more evident today than ever before. What we rarely hear of is God being fearful, God being vulnerable. In this text, we find a God who is testing Abraham on the basis of where Abraham's faith is resting. God is asking Abraham if he and Sarah worship their child or if they worship God, God's self father of liberation, James Cone, notes that the covenantal relationship, as we see in the Genesis narrative, is grounded upon a responsible relationship with God. The ball is no longer in God's court. The ball is in humanity's courts, and God always upholds God's side of the deal. It is contested whether or not God was commanding Abraham or if God was testing Abraham, However, what is of much deeper significance is Abraham's triadic mantra throughout this passage of scripture, I am here. I am here is not a mere spatial statement. In the midst of the trauma of giving his beloved on behalf of God, Abraham followed the voice of God within himself, stating, I am here. What is interesting in this text is Abraham himself says to those who journeyed with them to the mountain, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. We will worship, and we will come back to you. A few verses later, Abraham notes to Isaac, just before Isaac is set before God, God, God's self, will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Embedded in Abraham's hereness is the essence of patience patience requires trust vulnerability and a sense of grounding abraham understood that this was a test abraham knows god to be the god who makes a way out of no way the giver of goodness and grace it seems that until this very moment or until the very moment abraham draws the knife back he knows that god is testing him not demanding a grotesque action from him When the angel calls Abraham's name, Abraham knew that there was not a chance that God truly wanted the life of Isaac. In other ancient Near Eastern ritual traditions, a child was sacrificed on behalf of the bloodthirsty deities. However, Yahweh, the God of our salvation, only calls us to life, not death. God needs no human body to be slain in order for humanity to be called back to its created intent. As we see the bodies of our black siblings slain on the news and chant the names of our modern-day saints in the streets, we must remember that God has nothing to do with these deaths. God calls us to liberation. God calls us to community. And again, God calls us to life. White supremacy is sin. Racism is sin. Turning away from our neighbor on behalf of comfortability and prosperity is sin. When we only show our allegiance to God and community, when the bodies of oppressed are placed on the altar of white supremacy, God weeps. It is in times such as this that we must listen to the voices of the angels near us, the voice of the genuine within us. We must seek the patience of Abraham, being willing to sacrifice what we cling closest to, what gives us the most comfort, what has the potential for the most security on behalf of the beloved community." I'm not saying sacrifice every gift that God has given you, and I am certainly not saying killing someone because you believed God has called you to kill someone. What I am saying is that when the deepest parts of yourself are shared and placed upon the altar, we begin to see the inbreaking of God's kingdom. God calls us to life. It is in the sharing and sacrificing from the depths of our life that we can begin to bring in the beloved community. From the depths of Howard Thurman's heart, he gave a meditation that allows us to find this altar that is within each of us. He wrote, there in every person is an inward sea, and in that sea there is an island, and on that island there is an altar, and standing guard before that altar is the angel with the flaming sword." Nothing can get by that angel to be placed upon the altar unless it has the mark of your inner authority. Nothing passes the angel with the flaming sword to be placed upon your altar unless it be a part of your fluid area of consent. This is your crucial link to the eternal. This crucial link to the eternal is rooted in patience. Patience calls us to give ourselves permission to be vulnerable to the unknown and unforeseeable future. The altar that is within you is worth sharing, but it is ultimately up to your own consent the ways in which you share it. We must discern what are we placing on our altars. Are we following our crucial link with the eternal God of freedom to discern what we are placing upon our own altars? God needs no slain body on an altar to satisfy God's desire for a relationship. God needs humanity to sacrifice the objects of idolatry that keep our heads turned away from community. God needs humanity to patiently discern the ways in which God is calling us to action. God is calling us to solidarity, not attractive transactionalism. The net that holds this scripture asks one crucial one. Does the way that you think reflect the way that you live today? The testing of Abraham was not some sick game that God was playing. God truly did not know where Abraham's trust laid. As we find in verse 12, God says bluntly, now I know. This text calls us to personify and embody the gospel. If our intellectual gameplay of making sense about God does not point us towards the liberation of God's beloved, what is at stake is the lives and souls of all of creation. God was afraid that Abraham's commitment to God's self was merely intellectual. God wanted to see that Abraham was upholding his side of the covenant. God was seeking deeper relationship with Abraham and his family. God needs no dead body in order to inbreak into this world. God needs the voice of Christ that rests in the soul of the entirety of creation to be brought to the surface. God needs this voice of Christ that is within each of us. Our patience has to be rooted in a faithful embodiment. For it is in faithfulness that we are being born into a new, liberating life. Faithfully following the voice of the Creator within yourself points you towards freedom, community, and salvation. May your altar and your crucial link to the eternal always point towards beloved community, not the loss of life. And when the time comes, may we be in the position to boldly proclaim, I am here, Lord. And let us rest in the assurance that God sees you right where you are. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to seeing you soon. If you listen from afar, and you would like to support the work that we are doing in East Atlanta and on Atlanta's East Side, you can visit our website, www.eastsideatl.org and find our giving portal there.